The following podcast has been paid for by the Wrestling World Order. Hello and welcome to episode 51 of the Wrestling World Order podcast. I'm Mike. And I'm Sean. And uh, we're back after a little bit of a summer, summer hiatus. Yeah, yeah a summer hiatus. Summer break. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like what... your favorite sitcom that would uh, like end in the spring and then come back in the fall. Yeah, and what a time to come back, huh? Oh, yeah. Like, just crazy, crazy stuff that's happened in the world of wrestling uh, the last week or so. Uh, we'll get we'll get into it. Um, well, and, gosh, I mean, even since we've been gone, I mean, think about what's happened even over the last few months. I mean, the whole Vince McMahon thing, like, transpired while we were Oh, yeah. Away. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a whole lot of returns to WWE yeah. um, after he left. Um, some people that, you know, you'd be surprised that came back, especially given how they left. Uh, yeah. I, I, I mean, the, the, the obvious ones to me, I feel like, are... Um, Carrying Cross Karrion, and Scarlet. Yeah, and then uh, Braun Strowman as well. Yeah. Uh, but, and, you know... Honestly, Hit Row was another one that I was like, hmm. I, I felt like they maybe made a mistake with that one. And I feel like, and I think I told you this. A um, mistake in letting them go? Yes. Oh, okay. Um, the initial let go of them. Uh, I, I, I feel bad for um, Swerve uh, Scott or Swerve Strickland, whatever you want to call him, um, that, I mean, that he's, Yes, he is a tag team champion in AEW, and that you can't take that away from him. And you know, him and him and Keith Lee—they're doing some good things. And I mean, ultimately, I think it's going to lead to a feud between the two of them. Yeah, but I feel like they really could have, like, if he was like still available, like maybe if he was just doing independence that he would have been back in WWE yeah. with that group and been huge. Bring back the whole group. Yeah, I agree. I Because I, I think that this is, it's short-lived with Keith Lee. And then I wonder in the grand scheme of things with like, okay, he has a feud with Keith Lee. Where does it go for him? Um, and then he could speculate and like still is he going to be pushed to that position of like being kept you know in like a mid card or in world title contention or anything like that sure i don't, I don't know yeah um, and I, I don't feel like uh, yeah I, I just feel like it would have been maybe a well, duffy's got some uh, things to say about yeah. us were yeah um i think we're gonna um, I, I, I'm not trying to diminish um, what he's doing in AEW because I think he's doing some good things in AEW. But yeah. I think that it would have been a bigger role for him than even what he's doing in AEW if he would have been around for um, like being re-signed by WWE. Yeah, I would venture to say the same about Keith Lee because I think he was – I mean, he had a big fan – uh, of um, in Triple H, yeah, Triple H really liked him, and I think he would have been big. And oh, the one other one that kind of uh, resigned with uh, WWE after uh, his contract ran out was uh, Johnny Gargano. Yeah, 
Yeah. That was another one that was pretty big, I think. Yeah. And I, I mean, yes, his size is a little bit rough to work around, but the fans are really like solidly behind him. Mm-hmm. He's like one of those guys like uh Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan, and sure. um or like a few a or somebody yeah. like that, a smaller the, guy, but I mean that the fans are really big into and really enjoy watching and can also put on a good match, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. There, there's a reason why he was, you know, uh, Johnny Takeover, you know, that he was, you know, the main event or the best match on every Takeover card that, you know, he was on. Mm-hmm. There's a reason for that. And, you know, that's – that's. It, you know that's that's a great thing, and it's I think it's great that he he went back there. I think I feel like, unfortunately, he'd be lost in the shuffle, kind of like what, in my opinion, what's occurring with Keith Lee and uh, Swerve. It kind of lost in the shuffle a little bit in AEW. Um, even as the tag team champions, I feel like you know they're just kind of you know on rampage, and they you know they have a feud here and there, and you know, with people and like right now it's with the acclaimed, which we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit, but yeah, I mean, there a lot of great things as far as the, um, a lot of great things there as far as the, uh, the, uh, re-signings and the things like that. Unfortunately, it, it came about because of what's been going on with Vince yeah. McMahon and uh, under some very dubious, uh, circumstances. Sure. Well, that might be kind of like the common theme of this episode of our podcast this week. Mm. A lot of dubious, dubious circumstances. circumstances. Yeah, the title, possibly. I and just to back on Swerve really quick is like I I do I like him. I think he's talented, and I think he has had some good stuff in AEW. I would just you know kind of post this seeing as where like the tag team you know titles are. And, yeah, we'll get into that match uh, that they had with the acclaimed uh, the pay-per-view a little later on. But, I like, I wonder, like, kind of where when this, you know, and it seems like they're going to break this team up, where that goes from here and where, you know. But, I, again, I mean, you can't kind of forecast too much on it. But, um, I mean, they still have quite a very large uh, pool of talent. And I think a lot of those things are kind of up in the air a bit. They're they're kind of a tandem mishmash tag team too. So uh, yeah. I yeah I, I, I honestly I kind of wonder for both for both of them like where you know where they end up after after this is said and done. But but that being said, with all the re-signings and returns and stuff like that, we're gonna talk um, we're gonna talk about WWE's event that they had just this past week. Uh, the uh, Clash at the Castle mm-hmm. event, and uh, um, it was it took place in uh, uh, what Wales, right? In uh, Cardiff, Cardiff, yeah. Um, yeah. And huge, boisterous crowd, sixty-two thousand people in the crowd. It, it was great. I, I thought it was a fun event. Um, there, there's there's some matches. We'll kind of run through the matches, I think, just quick. Yeah. Um, so you had a six six per uh, six woman tag match uh, between Dam- Damage Control, which is Bailey, Dakota Kai, and EO Sky, versus Bianca Belair, Alexa Bliss, and Asuka. I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was a good good opener. 
pretty like hot opener, you know, as yeah. far as like good amount of action and lots of great workers in that match too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I thought. Um, and and the thing is about this card is that it was shorter um, in comparison to the other event that we're going to talk about here with All Out, and like it just allowed it to breathe. So I mean, all the the matches as I sort of look over their times. Like a good chunk of them had like pretty solid like lengths of of time, and this one was no exception. At almost nineteen minutes, I thought it was pretty well worked. I you know, and I I I enjoyed it, and I thought uh, 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 damage control. I didn't even realize that was their name. No, um, yeah. I, I, when uh, I read that, I went, okay, I guess they're damage control. Um, I, they got a much needed win. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was a that was a key I felt like that they needed to win that match. Um I like some of the reference that they made in the match to previous um uh relationships even outside of WWE between EO Sky and Asuka. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed I enjoyed that they brought that up. Uh so it it was it was kind of it was it was kind of good. It's kind of refreshing just to see I'm noticing a pivoting if this is what you're talking about with the commentary yeah. um, because I've noticed that there's a lot more or in referencing like other promotions or history or things that these uh, wrestlers have done. I mean, how can you prior just to how can you ignore stuff like that? You know, you just, you have, I mean, these people that they're, you know, these names that, that are coming into this that have done stuff previously, and you got to recognize that. You better recognize. Yeah. Like, that's D'Lo, right? I believe so. I mean, that, they've always done. I'm not saying it's good, bad, or whatever. They've always done that. I mean, I even think back the first example that popped in my mind was Flair coming in in 91 as the quote-unquote real, real world's champion. But it wasn't ever really said like where he was coming from. Yeah, you know they didn't really say like, oh, uh, he's been wrestling and uh, for uh, Ted Turner and the WCW. Like they didn't acknowledge like really anything. It wasn't really until like the Attitude Era, um, or even a little bit uh, before that. Um, I think with the the billionaire Ted sketches and some of that type of stuff there wasn't a whole lot of recognition of like other promotions or anything, or even when like, I think in the mid sort of midish nineties or whatnot, there was recognition and kind of a partnership or like a working relationship with uh, ECW that there was any like recognition of like other promotions. So this isn't something new. It's not something new of like crazy, uh, you know, quote unquote senile Vince. Yeah. Of like not recognizing other promotions. It's been a that's been a long time. But I, I agree it's kind of refreshing and like something that's different for them now. Sure. Um in this sort of modern era to recognize yeah. like the pasts of some of these wrestlers. Sure. It's funny you said that about um uh just as an aside, you mentioned Flair coming in in ninety one. Mm -hmm. Um I watched uh this morning actually uh there's this uh, YouTube channel that I enjoy watching called uh, OSW. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've, you've, yeah, you've watched you've, some of the stuff. Yeah, I've watched some stuff over at your place. Yeah. Um, and they were doing Survivor Series 91. 
Oh, okay. which is the one with the greatest challenge. Yeah. Uh, Hogan versus Undertaker. Yeah. And they obviously Flair had a prominent role in the event and in the buildup. And then also um, the, the aftermath of it. Yep. But the funny thing is, is that uh, they were talking about how he would, he initially came in, he carried the, uh, the big gold belt around. Yeah. And then after a while they started like sliding it, pixelating or blacking, it, or blacking it, out. it out or whatever. Yep. So the funny thing that they mentioned on this is that after a while, like because of the relationship between WCW and the NWA, mm -hmm. there was a point where the NWA was still good with him carrying the big gold belt around because they still recognized him as the champion, I guess. Wow. Even though WCW didn't. Mm -hmm. But then it, like when he officially signed, I guess, with with the WWF, then that's when like there, I guess there was issues or, or something like that to that effect. But the pixelation and then blacking the belt out, he wasn't carrying the big gold belt around anymore, like yeah. and holding it up. It was like a version of like a WWF tag team title. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Like they had changed what title he was actually doing that with after after a while. I think I remember hearing about that. Yeah, yeah. so it was, I, I know that was a long story to get to that point, but I was kind of interested. Like I was like, I didn't know that. I because I distinctly remember him showing up like on primetime wrestling, and he had the belt, and I was like, holy shit! Like, yeah, yeah. yeah I, re I remember he came out. Bobby Heenan introduced him. Like it was a big yeah. deal. And I mean, we I mean, we knew who he was and everything. Oh we yeah, we had been watching. Of, uh, we had been watching the NWA WCW at that for point years. for like you know three or four years at that point. You know, so, like, since we were, like '87 ish, we we're very much in tune with who Ric Flair was. Right. And, I mean, you know, he's a big name, and I mean, you see him, you know, in the PWI and everything, and just very, right. very yeah. much like, you know, fans of like kind of the the other <laughs> promotions and everything, and you know what rented a lot of like the uh, videos uh the cassettes of like the pay-per-views and uh, mm -hmm. uh from wcw nwa and whatnot and uh yeah um i know this is like a side tangent and uh, but just like that we were very much you know into um was, stuff other than uh wwf it was a time. whole new world for us and it was like it was there was matches on there where like you were seeing a lot better work than what you would see in WWF. Like, work rate was huge in WCW yeah. during those days. And, I mean, even the case in point was the 89 series between him and Steamboat, you know? Sure, sure. Uh, but, I mean, even prior to that, like some of the other yeah. matches that he had and, like, some of the other people that were in there, like, the match quality was, you know, yeah. better than, you know, like, some of the Hogan matches, yeah, there was a lot of like fun and great Hogan matches. Oh, sure. Against Warrior and Savage and which, Orndorf. Orndorf, which I'll still gladly watch. Yeah. Um, but I mean, for everyone like that, there was ones, you know, like against like Bundy and, you sure, know. Sure, sure. I mean, no offense to it. Yeah, it drew, but like the Andre WrestleMania three matches and really. Yeah, I mean, it's that a that for what it is. And yeah. Andre was in rough shape and pain at that time so 
Yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, it's not even like disparaging the talent that was there. It, it was just, it was a different presentation. Of course, I mean, WWF had like some of the best of the best. If you look at like, you know, Savage or, you know, when they had Steamboat yeah. or, you know, Henning or Ted DiBiase or, you know, they had some great, great, you know, talent. Guys that could go, right? And it, it, but it was just the presentation of what they were going for was different than what the NWA and then the WCW was sort of going for. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, um, so if we keep going, um, I mean, that match was good. The next one up was Gunter with uh, Ludwig Kaiser and Giovanni Vinci um, facing off against Sheamus. Who was with there with Rich Holland and Butch, yeah. aka um, uh, what the fuck was his name? Um, Pete Dunn. Pete Dunn. Yeah. Um, which it was significant. I thought that they brought up, and this was one of those things that I, I we kind of questioned, like when it happened, when they brought up Gunter and they brought up uh, they they changed his name uh, Ludwig Kaiser. Ludwig Kaiser was, from, uh, uh, Marcel was Marcel Bartel. Marcel Bartel. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's like how you said it. Mar- Mar- I, I, th- I think I've commented on this before that I, I this is a name change that I don't mind because I always felt like I like had a lisp when I was uh, saying Mar- Martha Bartel. Yeah. Um, but uh, they I, they brought they brought up uh, Giovanni Vinci, aka Fabian Eichner. Yeah, which I think he should have kept the Fabian Eichner name. I think. It's yeah, good. Giovanni Vinci sounds like he's like in uh, with. Um, oh, who's the uh, the guy on the NXT? That's the uh, that was the uh, mob. Yeah, yeah I know Tony D'Angelo. Tony D'Angelo. Yeah, yeah like G- um, yeah, Giovanni Vinci. It sounds like they're going for like a stereotypical like Italian kind of. Uh, like, oi! Yeah. <laughs> you know, oi! Oi! <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, you know, uh, bust your knees. <laughs> this match, much like everybody else, I really enjoyed this. Um, I thought yeah. this was, like, just a brutal, like, great, like, struggle. And I will say something. Uh, I had a conversation with a friend, friend of the, a friend of the pod, uh, Scott from Salem, about this. Scott from Salem. Because I, I, compl- I had my issues with... Um, another match that happened this this same weekend um, where there was a lot of chopping and I watched that match before this match and the match I'm referencing was Eddie Kingston versus uh, Ishii and he's like oh well you're not gonna really like uh, Sheamus and uh, Gunter and because there's a lot of chopping and then I watched it and I was like the difference for me, the big, big difference is those matches and matches of that ilk with like the what I, is supposed to be this the modern strong style or the this modern kind of thing that they frequently do is the huge difference is that guys like Eddie Kingston or in those types of matches they allow their opponent to hit you. Like, they're like, come on, hit me. And I'm like, that to me doesn't make sense. I know some people like it. It's not for me. I don't understand it. I don't get the logic or the psychology and like 
allowing your opponent that you're supposed to be taking down to hit you. This felt more like, okay, if at any, if at any point, like Seamus was like, Hey, is that all you got? Um, and it m was more of, they were going at it. They were going at it, chopping each other. Um, it felt like a competitive, like contest between them. Not like two guys, like, okay, I'm going to let you hit me. Big, big difference to me with this. And I thought this was great. I'd love to see another match um, between these two. And I, I you know, I, I think I think they, they worked great together. Um, and, I mean, the response to Sheamus has been, like, fantastic. And I heard, I haven't watched SmackDown. It wasn't just because they were over in the UK that he got a huge response. I'm hearing like a SmackDown, he got like a huge freaking response um, on SmackDown as well. So like, I I think, you know, like even just like that much more about Sheamus, I think he's like an unsung uh, kind of like, um, use the word hero or whatever, but like he's underrated in terms of when I look back at his career, the quality of stuff that he's put on and his stuff always looks really good. Yeah. Um, so I felt like, yeah, that, that, that they, they were hitting each other like with the chops and stuff like that, that you, you mentioned, but also that like the other impact moves in this match uh, were like, far better like and far more impactful than if, if you're if you're comparing direct like the Ishii and Kingston match to this one they uh, the the moves had more impact like yeah. as a fan when you're watching it this match had more umph to it uh you felt more vested into watching the match yeah. and watching these guys compete against each other and i did i necessarily have a horse in the race no but I enjoyed watching both of these guys go at it and compete against each other. It was entertaining. Yeah. That was the big thing. It, it, it really felt like a good competition between these two guys. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, both of them, fantastic workers. Yeah. I, I really enjoy watching both of these guys. Uh, Gunther, I think, is one of those guys. I, I, I know we talked about the name. I could give a shit about the name. I know a lot of people get up in arms about it, but who gives a fuck? The guy can work, yeah. and they're they're letting him do his thing, and this is it's paying off, man. I mean, you get matches like this, this quality, uh, they go almost twenty minutes, and it's it's mwah, it's, it's a thing. work of art. That's the thing to me. It really is about like what they do and what the how they position and what they how the presentation of these guys more than anything about their name. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, like, I get it. I mean, it was, he wasn't established to anybody and it might be, it seemed like a weird comparison, but we were familiar with mean Mark Callis, right? And we had some familiarity and then we see him, he comes in in what 90 or whatever it was. And we're like, oh, my God, that's me, Mark Callis. But he, here he is, the Undertaker. And it's like, all right, like presentation, what they did with him, how they pushed him, 
you know, everything that the, the guy did. I mean, that gimmick could have been very much sink or swim under another guy, but let's like, okay, that wasn't an issue with a name change. Like, why did they keep him as me, Mark? Like, why, you know, uh, it's like sometimes a name change is not a bad thing and it ends up being, or a gimmick change or whatever, it ends up being the thing that maybe propels somebody. But even in this sense, it's like the same guy in a sense and they're allowing him to work. He's trimmed up a lot. He looks great. Yeah. It's probably going to help him long term. Um, and th- a and- lot of people have mentioned that about about like him uh, being in better shape yeah. than what he was, even even when he was the uh, NXT UK champion. Yeah, and he had a great run with that belt. Yeah. But they're they're saying that he is in even better shape than where he was at at that point, which yeah. is which is great. And it's paying off for him. The this run that he's having, it, it, it shows. Yeah. Um, and it's positioning him in a space where I could see him maybe with you know that much more a dominant IC title run, and then like, does that put him in a space of where he's a contender for the world title? Like you know, I so I think. Again, that idea of what the, the presentation is what's most important. I think that that's the big payoff, whether, you know, sure. Walter, Gunter, whatever. I agree with you. Um, he's he's in a space of where he's uh, being pushed and presented in the, in the best way possible. Yeah. And this match was great. And also you mentioned impactful moves. Like this drop, that drop kick that he does. It, like, and I mean... The, Seamus had as much to do with it as well on how he sold it, but I thought it looked fantastic. So there's very much not just the chops that he does that he's known for, um, where you see Seamus's chest looking like hamburger. There's there's something to be said about the impact of this guy's other moves. He makes everything look really good. Yeah, it's such a such a great match. Um, was really fun to watch, mm-hmm. um, and. I I could see that guy making a run for a title, like a world title. Uh, granted, I mean, with uh, having rings in the spot that he's at, and I don't want to see rings leave that spot anytime soon. Um, I, just well, let you yeah. know. Well, we'll get there. We'll eventually. get there. Uh, yeah, I think uh, for the main event, but you just gotta you got you gotta be patient, really. Yeah. Because eventually, eventually, Reigns is going to be at the end of his run. But yeah, let's, it'll get there. It'll but get there. I think we'll we'll maybe when we talk about the main event, we'll uh, get into a, a, what some thoughts around that that I have. Okay. So next up, we had Liv Morgan and uh, facing off the against Shayna Baszler for the uh, SmackDown Women's Championship. Yeah. And um, it was, you know what. A lot of people give uh, Liv Morgan shit. I really enjoy what they're doing with her, um, I, like sneaking out these wins against like these yeah. stronger competitors. I really do enjoy that aspect of it. Uh, I think that she's great. Um, she's doing she's doing wonderful, like as the SmackDown Women's Champion. Uh, Baszler, she's good. She's yeah. so good. Uh, I think she's a great worker. I, I think she deserves 
she deserved to be in this spotting in this match. Yeah. And I think she needs to still be up there at that high level, not necessarily being in these like weird tag teams with people yeah. and stuff like that. She needs to be like, have a good singles run. Uh, a singles championship run would be great. She she's up there. She's so good. I think this ring. was probably one of like uh, Liv's like better performances of, of late, and yeah. um, I like that uh, Baszler being presented like like this again. I think that she needs to be presented as kind of like quote unquote a killer. You know, yeah. I think she needs to be presented as pretty like you know just this complete you know, badass, like, you know, there's somebody that people are fearful of, like, I don't know, I have to, like, draw comparisons a lot, but, like, first thing, like, in, in a weird way, like a, like a, like a, a Vader or something, like, somebody that, like, like, people are afraid of, like, you know, that she's just this ruthless, like, you know, kind of, uh, um, competitor, and whether a world champ or no, like that she's not to be messed with and that she is dangerous. But and I get her out of these weird tight teams. Yeah, with like, absolutely. With, with, I mean, obviously Naya's not there, but with like yeah. Naya Jax or Natalia or other people, just get her away from that and have her, you know, wrestle in singles matches. I think she's there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good, solid you know, women's match. I, I, I had no problem with this one whatsoever. Yeah, next next up we had uh, Edge and Rey Mysterio uh, facing off against Finn Balor and Damian Priest. <coughs> it was good. It was it was a good match. I, I enjoyed it. I um, like that. Yeah, I like this. And I thought Ray looked really good. I thought Edge looked – I thought everybody looked really good. I like the um, – the kind of like the uh, matching outfits for Edge and Ray, yeah, and yeah. like they drew back on their history of being a team together. Yep. They referenced it. They often don't reference their own history a lot, and they did it. They did just that. So I think another thing that people are finding is like, and with the commentary again, I'll mention a lot of people are talking like. Michael Cole is sounding a lot different. Like a lot of the, you know, the commentary just sounds a lot different and they are, you know, referencing things that maybe they haven't um, or they wouldn't do necessarily in the past. Um, and I mean, you know, like Cole is a pro. I mean, he knows what he's doing out there. Let him, let him do what he's actually good at. Yeah. You know, in terms of being a com uh, commentator, let them do that. And it's I think it's paying off well on their commentary. Yeah. And, of course, we, we finally get the heel turn uh, of Dominic yep. that yep. people have been calling for for about a year now. Yeah. Uh, which I don't mind. I, I think it's good for him to maybe kind of move on and, and do something different than almost be in a way like in a weird nostalgia act. Yeah, get out from like under the massive shadow of uh of Ray. I mean, yeah. it, it's it's hard to be like, you know, probably the son or daughter of like a legend, you know. Sure. And yeah. I mean, it can work out very well, like Randy Orton or Charlotte, mm -hmm. or it can maybe not work out so well, like maybe David Flair or yeah, um, but many others. Yeah. Um, so, 
Eric Watts or something like that. Right. Like, yeah. You know, it, it, it can go one of two ways. So, but I think, you know, allowing for some character development, um, it keeps the judgment day looking strong, I think, and that there's some manipulation. There's like this, you know, um, good stuff that I think followed up nicely on raw. Um, and I, I really like their reaction oh, to yeah. when to when he hit Ray and then hit Edge. Oh, that laughing! Like I think that's yeah. like turned into like a meme or something. Like it's uh, yeah, their reaction was fantastic. I really enjoyed that aspect of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So next up, we had another really good match. Um, I mean, this card was solid. I gotta say, it was pretty stacked. I will um, say, like it, it the flow. I said like. How it flowed and how it felt, it it was. I thoroughly enjoyed this like card, like basically top to bottom, everything had its place, everything felt good. It flowed, it was entertaining, match quality was really good, great development with stuff, like it. It was really a great. I mean, we're not even done talking about this yet. And I really thoroughly enjoyed this. But the next up was uh, Seth freaking Rollins versus uh, yep. Matt Riddle, which they, back to, like, the, they, name. they brought back like full names of people, which is another one of those Vince things. Well, Austin Theory, they did Austin, as well. I, I was going to yeah. say, yeah, Austin Theory as well. Um, this one was good. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. Good match. These guys worked well again uh, with each other. Um, I did part if I had, and it's a minor, minor quest. I wanted for Riddle to get a win here. I could see that. I, I really, I, um, I mean, some people would say, well, Rollins came off from eating like a few uh, defeats to uh, to uh, Cody, and maybe needed to be kind of kept strong. Yeah. But I also feel like, I mean, Riddle um, is maybe being built to a position of where he's, uh, you know, going to be uh, pushed that much more. Um, and I, 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 I like the match. It was really good. I thought those two worked together, had great chemistry. Um, I like the psychology of it, yeah. like in, uh, of like the what they did with Rollins to win the match and everything. I yeah. like. I liked what they did with that. Yeah, it was, it was psychology wise. I agree with you. Yeah, very good. And man, I mean, with, even just thinking about that, I mentioned the Cody matches. What a year Rollins is having. Mm -hmm. What do you think? I mean, just thinking about yeah. like matches he's had this year, pretty incredible. Yeah. Oh, he's definitely been like one of the uh, aces of uh, their mm -hmm. uh, of their uh, roster. No question. Yeah. So then finally we end up with um, uh, Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre for the uh, undisputed uh, WWE Universal Championship. <laughs> That's a mouthful. Yeah. And it, the, I enjoyed it. I, I liked it. I thought it was a good match. It was long. Yeah. I mean, 30-minute match. Uh, they, God. Uh, the number of the number of times you thought this match was going to be uh, going to be you know finished 
and then they would be like, nope, not yet. And you'd be like, oh my god, what are, what else is going to happen? And it just yeah. it kept going, and mm-hmm. not in a bad way. It it definitely kept raising the bar. I felt, you yeah. know, I I enjoyed it. Um, I mean, if we want to go into talking about the finish, I know people had issues with, uh, you know, um, Drew not winning. Um, and when, how the build has been for him. Um, but I think that there was interference and, you know, people are like, oh, well, you know, Reigns is burying everything. He wasn't buried. People overuse that term or he's buried all the roster and da, da, da. It's like, no, like people have looked really good out of it. He's had the sneak out victories. I mean, think about it. Like other heel champs. I mean, you know, people wouldn't complain. I mean, bring his name up again. Rick Flair having the four horsemen kind of interfere on his uh, behalf and, uh, you know, maintain the title. And what wound up happening eventually, like uh, when Flair, yeah, I mean, he'd lose the title intermittently. But when think about like how big, like, I mean, when Sting beat him at the Great American Bash in what was it, 90, 91? Yeah. 91, I think. How big that moment was when. The time comes for Reigns to lose this title. How big that moment is going to be. Uh, Sting beating him. Um, July 7th, 1990, I believe it was. Oh. So how big. Let, let me see if I'm right. Yeah. I got to see if I see if we could fact check this. Yeah. Well, go ahead, fact check. But like, um, yeah, it would be 1990, wouldn't it be? Um, but like, uh, so how big that moment was. Um, and thinking like, okay, Reigns is still maintaining his champion. Who's going to take him down? How big that will be. And for me, I mean, to be honest, this isn't putting down, you know, Wales. They had an awesome crowd. This was a fantastic event, but there's one place that this, and one event that this is going to happen, I think. Uh, it's got to be mania. It's got to be mania. Like, there's no, there's no ways about it. It's got to be WrestleMania, and I mean, yeah, everything. You know, people are pointing towards. Well, Cody could be back by the Rumble, and you have a storyline with the family. You know, kind of that aspect. It fits, and it fits a narrative. And I, it, it, to me, if it were anything other than WrestleMania, it's not going to be on a B show. Nah. And this was a huge stadium show, 60,000 people, whatever the actual figure was, whether they're actually going with a legit number or making the figure up and beefing that up, it looked like a huge show, uh, yeah. crowd. Was it July 7th, 1990? In the Baltimore Arena, Baltimore, Maryland, <laughs> July 7th, 1990. 1990. Very nice. Um, <laughs> pulled that one. That's like my February 5th, 1988. 1988. Yeah. Um, but well, and there you go. You can pull a date out. Right. And remember that how big of a moment, you know? Sure. So yeah, I, I think that people were kind of living under this assumption or this thought that drew would win based on the bill. He still looks like a top competitor. It took a lot for him to get defeated and it took interference, and it propelled the story that much more with the bloodline, and it added a member to it. It, it did a lot 
for well, it. That the storyline build of this match, as far as like the previous SmackDown event, where uh, Rain, uh Reigns, uh, where uh, McIntyre takes out all of the bloodline, mm -hmm. or so he thinks, where yeah. he took out Sami Zayn, he took out the Usos, and he's like, okay, right. it's one on one. There's nobody else that could possibly help Reigns retain yeah. this title. It's going to be mano a mano. Yeah. And guess what? Mm -mm, it isn't. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. And the great thing is, too, about the commentary, it wasn't just an assumption that everybody is watching. This is another key thing about the commentary that I think is really good. There's not just this assumption that, like, everybody's watching NXT. It it set the course of and set the table for you a little bit in a quick burst, but getting it, this is, you know, um, I can't think of his name. Um, uh, Sakao. I, yeah, that's bad. Um, <laughs> but it set the, set the table for like, this is who he is. He's from NXT. He's one of the family, you know, he, they, they, they gave you background. They, they told you who he was. They gave you a sense of who he was and is. Um, so I, yeah, I, I, I really think that they did. A, solo Sakao. Solo Sakao. Okay. So they gave you an actual idea of like this guy's background and they didn't just assume that you watched NXT. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, again, the story, the storytelling, maintaining Drew. I mean, it took half an hour. This was not a squash, and it kept him looking strong. And yeah. I, 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 I think it was very, very well done. Um, Agreed. Yeah. So this event, uh, again, I said it before. Top to bottom for me, this was excellent. Agreed. I, yeah. I wholeheartedly agree with that. It was it was really good, really well done. No complaints whatsoever. Yeah. All right. So and the crowd was awesome. Yeah, oh, give, uh, give credit too for to the crowd. Uh one of the things I loved and I Oh the and, Bailey uh yeah. <laughs> the they they so back when Bailey was in NXT and they did the UK, right? Mm -hmm. There's a there's a almost like a soccer chant yeah. that they they were doing for her and it was uh hey Bailey ooh, ooh. ah I want to know will you be my girl so they started doing that during the match like early and you could tell that like she was like kind of amused by it I think yeah and she's like, trying to play up heel though. But she played it up perfectly, like as a heel, like going, you know what? No, screw you guys. That that was, you know, old Bailey. I'm who I am now. And that ain't gonna be, you know, that ain't gonna work. And it was pretty funny, I thought. So yeah, I mean that that just one aspect, but they were that was early in the show, but like they just they were there the whole the whole night. I mm -hmm. feel like the whole the whole event. Like 
really energetic and really strong uh, uh you know in the crowd yeah yeah um, so i mean th this was labor day weekend and i mean not i mean they had another event wwe had another event they had an nxt event and i haven't watched it but you know i heard some good things yeah i haven't i haven't either i'm still um, trying to catch up on the product as a whole but then aew put on their all out event um live from chicago at the at the now arena and you know the build to this was interesting i felt like uh i mean we you know we we, we had a title change um we had a lot of things happening with like injuries and title changes mm -hmm. and stuff like that and it it kind of made for an interesting event and i thought it would be really good and I thought the event as a whole was good. Uh, but, man, was there a lot that came out of this thing that was just like, yeah, wow. Like, yeah. just unbelievable. But let, let's kind of go through the card, and we'll, we'll, we'll discuss it. Uh, they had a lot of stuff on this card. Um, they, they had several, several pre-show matches. Mm -hmm. uh, we had, first off, we had... Uh, Sammy Guevara and uh, Ty Mello mm -hmm. uh, versus Ortiz and Ruby Soho. Yep. And didn't that air on like I thought that did that air on the day of or yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was a pre-show match. Oh, okay. Because yeah. I didn't watch that. I didn't make it for the pre-show, but I think I watched it at another point or something. It was all right. Yeah, I mean it was. Uh, Really wouldn't expect a lot out of it, honestly. Yeah. I know people were a little worried, like Ruby got like dumped on her head and broken nose and stuff. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, of course, then we had Hook uh, versus Angelo Parker, and that went about exactly how you'd expect it to go. With, I mean, Hook is just a monster right now. Mm -hmm. And then uh, what's his name uh, got involved? Uh, the uh, oh, rapper Matt Menard. Well, Matt Menard got involved, but um, the oh, rapper, oh, uh, Action oh, Bronson. Action Bronson, yeah. Who looked like he was wearing a shirt that was like, maybe like he stole it out of the Big Show's closet. <laughs> we had then Pac uh, facing off against Kip Sabian, which... Now, I did not watch this match, but what in the hell was the point of having this dude wear a box on his head to come back, get unboxed, um, and then lose right out the gate. And I I don't understand it. And there's no explanation as to why in the hell he's in a box. It, it, like, I, it, nothing, it didn't make any sense. And nothing about this said, like, that Kip Sabian feels any more important than he did prior to him going out. So, I, I mean, you're asking a lot of question there or questions there, and I don't have the answer for you. I really don't know. Uh, but, I mean, he's been showing up at events for months now wearing this box on his head, um, showing up, like, in the crowds. And it's got stuff written on it. And yeah, I don't Underrated even... and all sorts of stuff. I don't even dislike Kip. I don't. It's but, just, it, it's weird. And, like, 
they, they it, it just really hasn't done much right. for me. I mean, it. I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense. It, like the. I mean, <laughs> everything that they. I mean, what they've done with this guy, and like I said, I don't dislike him. But what they've done or the last things of memory that they've done with him, be it the whole wedding thing and the stuff with Miro and the video game match and then uh, this with the box and all of it, it it doesn't lead me to really like think that this guy is like anything that's like major or yeah, I, I, I don't get it. So like, I don't necessarily like Pac as a champion, and um, I do like Pac, but I, I don't. I don't understand it. Like, if this is a gimmick change or what it is, and right out the gate, I mean, he loses like right out the gate. I don't. It. I don't get it. Right. Um, yeah. yeah I, I have no idea. I just. Don't, I really don't know. So. We talked a little bit about this thing. Yeah. So we had Eddie Kingston versus uh, Tomohiro Ishii, uh, which it's funny. That we, we didn't even get into this part. Originally, the match was supposed to be uh, Kingston versus Guevara. Yeah. And I think since the point when there was the issues with um, – uh, the issues between the re the real issues between Kingston and Guevara, they changed the matches up. Just it was so so. I mean, it like like you were saying, like if you were really going to compare this to to the um, the match with Sheamus and Gunter, I don't think that there's any uh, I, comparison. I think the only comparison was like that, that it was there hard was hitting, chops. and even then, I mean, there were points where. It looked like guy. The two of them were kind of stumbling backs, landing flat on their on their butts, and it looked like. I think I said that night. It looked like your, you know, two drunk uncles that got into an argument at a family barbecue and started getting into fisticuffs and wound up like just. Uh, flopping all over the place to me i do not under like i don't get it um how i've seen things like that like Meltzer gave us four and a half stars which mind you is like like in the territory what he gave michaels and undertaker so let that sink in your mind a little bit that he gave this like a similar rating the michaels and taker from wrestlemania 25. how how i just i don't get it with this style of thing and it just was not good to me it was it was pretty bad um and you know what i think about the the chopping mid-ring chop exchange thing it's invariably it's on every card in these matches and i don't i don't get it it's supposed to be some type of psychology and I'm like, you know, again, just because it's something that exists to me, it doesn't make it good. <laughs> it doesn't. Um, so it, whatever. I mean, it's, you know, 
it, it probably it went over 13 minutes and it was probably like about like seven minutes too long it's weird to me like when when you have like some of these guys that they bring in from japan um that i kind of feel like are put like on this pedestal mm -hmm. um like ishii is and um your your other guy that you like the grandpa guy that i can't think of his name oh uh angry grandpa um god what the hell's his name he had a match against Brian that everybody praised, and I was kind of eh on. Um, but it's weird. It's weird though, like um, that you know that people put these guys on this pedestal, and is it, it, maybe a lot of it has to do with like you know like uh, past accomplishments or something. But these guys are older, and they really can't go anymore. Yeah. Now, if you were, say, if you brought guys in from Japan and it was Tanahashi or Okada or, you know, some of these guys that can still sure. work, you know, maybe maybe you might have something. I will say as far as Ishii, Ishii um, he, I've been trying to catch up a little bit around and watching some impact. He had a match against... Um, Gosh, I, I can't remember what the guy's name is, but I didn't dislike it. Like I, I thought it was it was good. Like I mean, it was enjoyable, and it had the 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 main thing. It had less of that kind of stuff yeah. um, in it, and it made more sense to me. So that's my biggest one of my biggest complaints about it is that the stuff just doesn't make sense. There's a lack of selling. There's a lack of like just, a, you know, um, people want to point to it being just different. But, you know, just for the sake of being different doesn't invariably make it good. And it doesn't necessarily also make, doesn't mean that it, uh, it, it makes sense. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would much rather see them bring in like guys like that or, uh, to, to, how do you say it? Tikashida? Tikashida. Tikashita. No, Takashita. Takashita. Yeah. Um, or uh, Takashita, I thought was is, is pretty good. I've been I've been impressed by him. I mean, uh, you know, so it's not you know it's not a thing of like oh I dislike all Japanese wrestling. There or, used to be guys that I liked uh, that were Japanese wrestlers, whether or, it was Muda or Masahiro Chono or uh, Jushin Liger or. Well, you know, I wonder, like, whatever, like, I don't even know if he still does stuff or if he's if he's retired or whatever. But how about, like, a guy like uh, Takeshi Morishima? Yeah. yeah. He'd be one that, I mean, if they brought him in, I'd be like, all right, it's on, you know, let's yeah, let's see what he's got to offer. And, you know, even some of the guys that um, WWE brought in that didn't work out, you know, like uh, Kushida or Kenta, yeah. Yeah. you know, they – you know, and they brought Kenta in briefly in AEW, and I was like, all right, this is good. And then, you know, it didn't really go too far. It was just basically to promote, like, a uh, New Japan event. Yeah. But, um, you know, that, that that's kind of, like, what I'd be more inclined to see than these, almost these, like, legacy acts that, they, mm -hmm. that they've brought in that are kind of just, like, uh, 
you know, that legacy act, I think, is the appropriate term to use where these guys just don't have it anymore. Yeah. Kind of a side thing about this, like the, the that whole presentation, the the the, the parts that I have issues of uh, the the mid ring exchanges. It's like, I think it's become one of those things that like has saturated the product, and not just AEW. This isn't a picking on AEW thing, but also WWE and other promotions. Um, that it's become like, oh, this is the thing that like generates a round of applause and a this is awesome chant or a fight forever chant or uh, some of those things. So it makes it good. And I think it's it's gotten to where it's it it's saturated it so much that everybody is doing it. And whereas where it was like reserved for like a main event, maybe once in a blue moon. Now every match—it's an exaggeration. Every match, like top of the card, bottom to top of the card, is has these exchanges in it, or multiple matches do, and it's unnecessary, and it doesn't need to happen. It doesn't need to be every match, right. and that's a problem. Like it—it does—it—it's it, like it's like if you see like a lot of stuff, you know, a lot of stuff that like happens in multiple multiple matches the same stuff the same dives or the same thing or you get multiple gimmick matches that are bloody or whatever it's like it it, it, it wears out after a bit so yeah that that style and that kind of thing i get it, there's a fatigue on it too uh for me mm-hmm. um so yeah, that, <laughs> that's a lot of talk that we did about a pre-show match, but uh, yes. it's just it's a it's a bigger issue to me in in the world of wrestling. All right, well, so next up we had the casino ladder match with the winner receiving a future AEW World Championship match, and we had uh, Claudio Castagnoli, uh, Wheeler Yuta, Penta El Zero Mied, Mieta, Mieta, <laughs> Penta El Zero Mieto. Mi Miedo, Miedo, Penta. <laughs> we'll just go with Penta. Penta. Yeah. Uh, Ray Phoenix. Go with Penta. Uh, Roosh, Andrade El Idolo, and uh, Dante Martin, <laughs> along with the Joker. And I liked this match. I thought it was good. I um, and I. When we watched it and you watch the finish of this match and you see what happens, you're like, oh man, this is this is gonna be big. And you have this, you know, person come out and grab the casino chip uh that's hanging, you know, above the ring, and he reveals himself to be Stokely Hathaway. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh shit. And then another person comes out in a mask and Stokely hands it hands the chip off to him. You're like, oh man, this is like crazy. Who is this guy? Right. And it's funny, we're watching this, man. We're watching it and we're like, man, the the way the guy kind of walked out to the ring and everything, all of us watching, we're like, this looks so familiar, like this guy and his mannerisms and stuff like that. We only had what, like a minute of him out in the ring and everything. And we're like, yeah, something looks familiar there. Like it, it just kind of, 
we we're we're all like just talking who could this be and you know you find out who it's going to be at the end of the night but you're watching it going jesus you know is he is he maybe was he was, was the person uh feigning to be somebody or what what is the what's the gist here but it it was i thought it was really well done um yeah like it it kind of like it felt like okay this is like a uh can like it was going to be a part of like a bigger story at the end of the event. Like, sure. Um, I'm glad it was because I mean, if they didn't and they just kind of ended it there, it would have felt like kind of flat, but then like that it was, you know, mm-hmm. um, and we'll get at the, the, towards the end of the event here and talking about it. Um, uh, so then you had, um, the uh, trios uh, tournament final for mm-hmm. the AEW World Trios Championship, and it was Omega and the Young Bucks versus uh, Hangman Adam Page and the Dark Order. Mm-hmm. It was good. Yeah. Um. I. I. I mean. I. We. We. We kind of all had talked about. Oh, maybe there's going to be like a Hangman Adam Page um, heel turn during the match, but it ended up being that. No, there was more so like where he was conflicted about some things and it kind of cost him in the dark order of the match. Mm-hmm. I thought that was good. Um, I know you're not the biggest fan of the Bucks and Omega, but I mean, it was it. I, that's my check. Yeah, I didn't hate it. Right. <laughs> um, it, it, for a Bucks and Omega match with six man, which. I had my expectations about what it would probably be. It wasn't that, like it wasn't as much of that kind of thing sure. uh, from them. So no, I, I was all right with this one actually. Um, so there's my, there's my uh, faint praise of the elite for the, uh, for the month, for the, for the quarter. Wow. <laughs> uh, one that I was kind of disappointed in was uh, Jade Cargill uh, defeating uh, Athena. Mm-hmm. Not that I was um, disappointed yeah. in the result. I just felt like the match was kind of short and nothing. And that, I mean, Athena is like someone known like as like a really like great competitor and stuff like that. And it really wasn't much to beat her. Yeah, I... I don't know. It, a little disappointed. Huh? It was, yeah, it was disappointing. The action was okay. Um, Jade is still pretty, I think, limited. I mean, she looks great. Like, um, and I understand the thing around it and keep the title on her and pushing her strong and all of that. But it just seems like, I mean, she's eating these opponents. They bring yeah. somebody in. They sign somebody new. They whatever they 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 challenge jade they go back you know go back and forth the baddies beat up the the face for a bit and then they go to a pay-per-view and jade uh disposes of them in the mere minutes and yeah. wash rinse repeat yeah and i it's getting a little tired so yeah i i get the outcome but i think like the the length and like what how it got to that outcome was disappointing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, next up was Wardlow and FTR versus Jay Lethal and the Motor City Machine Guns. 
And I think one of the things that um, when we kind of discussed this match, like off of the podcast, is I was kind of disappointed in the fact that Wardlow was in it. Not because of Wardlow, but because of the fact, like, I feel like he's been built, like, into this monster. And that, like, to put him in this match with FTR and then Jay Lethal and the Motor City Machine Guns, it was all these guys that are great workers and that that ultimately it was going to come down to him um, just being the monster that he is against all these guys. And it's exactly what happened. And I think as over as like Wardlow and FTR right now, it just seemed like it kind of like felt like, uh, well, let's try to get everybody on the card and and do as much as we could, you know, as little as we could. And I mean, FTR are probably like the hottest tag team in any of wrestling right now. And Wardlow is still pretty, you know, pretty high. Although I think that, I mean, it seems a little bit like sort of cooling them off some. I, it just felt like they sort of stuck them both in a six man. And I like the Motor City Machine Guns. I mean, we've been fans of uh, Shelly and Saban for a long time and Lethal for that matter. But it just kind of felt like it was just sort of like, well, then. Let's throw this together. Wouldn't you have rather seen like the Machine Guns versus FTR in a proper tag match? Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I um, mean, that that's kind of my point. Was is that, and no comment on Lethal. I think he's a great worker, but it was just having Wardlow on that other side of it really almost ended up being like a detriment because not because of him, but because of like the, his character and how yeah, he's been portrayed. And how he wrestles and yeah. like I mean, that's not a problem with how he wrestles. You want guys like that too, right? And I it's mean, just difficult to put him in that match with those other guys like that. You know, it just yeah. I, I just feel I feel like it was um, it was is it, it tough? It's a mm-hmm. tough spot there. And I felt like I mean, even when they announced that, when I was like, oh, this is going to be a little rough. Maybe maybe if they would have put him in against and I, I don't know how if this guy can work, uh, work or not the Sanam Singh guy, yeah, Satnam Singh. Yeah, yeah, or yeah, Satnam Singh, Satnam, Satnam, uh, Satnam, yeah, uh, <laughs> fun with names today. Yes. Um, next up we had Powerhouse Hobbs versus Ricky Starks. Another one I was really disappointed in. Yeah. Given the build and everything between these guys, then they have a quick five-minute match, and it seemed like Hobbs was really dominant in it. When it ended, like I, th- I remember when it ended and he hit the spine buster and got the one, two, three, I was like, that's it? Yeah. Like, it just felt like really just, obviously, short, five minutes. And... Yeah. I- for the build to it and the the talent, you know, the talent of both these guys, I yeah, I agreed. Uh, disappointing was uh, um, the thing that stuck out to me. Yeah, um, I think these these two like deserve so much more than that. Yeah, um, that 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 six man with Wardlow and FT. I mean, they got sixteen minutes, or I'm just like thinking of other things of maybe where you 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 know you trim you trim some off or that the there's multiple pre-show matches that could have maybe been on, you know, um, yeah, dynamite or something, or, you know, looking at some of the other matches and how long they were, maybe, 
trim off a little bit. Um, yeah, I, I was I was dis- really disappointed by this one. Yeah. Um, the AEW Tag Team t- uh, Championship match between Swerve and Our Glory, Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland versus The Acclaimed. Uh, great match. This was my match of the night. Yeah, um, I, for, I, uh, for this pay per view. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought they, I thought both teams uh, had a great, great, um, mm-hmm. great match. Uh, they worked well together. Uh, clearly, the crowd was big into the acclaimed, and we're really pushing for them to win. Maybe not quite their time yet, but I understand they're getting a rematch, and yeah. that might be their opportunity to you know, uh, win the titles, maybe based on the reaction that they got, that might convince, you know, AEW to give them, give them a chance. Yeah. And, you know, they've been around for a long while in AEW, so they, it might be deserved. Yeah. I, well, and we've talked about, I'm a big fan of the acclaimed as well. I think that, um, you know, I, I get the appeal of them, um, as well. And the crowd, I mean, the crowd obviously did as well. Um, and I think, I think they're, you know, they're, they're kind of do that. I think they, and they've uh, kind of grown like uh following and like uh, people liking them organically. I think between casters raps, they're both, you know, charismatic, I think, you know, solid athletes. I, I, I think they, they deserve that. Uh, well, uh, two, two things. You mentioned the raps. How about now twice that Western New York has uh, been uh, oh denied uh, of denied uh, yeah, a Max rap Caster at, rap. I was I was really pissed about that on the, Wednesday. The, this past Wednesday <laughs> and then the, the show in Rochester back yeah. in July both yeah. times. Both times. Yeah. Um, that and then uh, the the additional aspect of the fact that they have like the number one shirt. On oh, the AEW side, scissor me, uh, daddy ass. Oh, yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which, when I saw it, I went, "Oh my god!" And then, apparently, a lot of people bought into it. And yeah, it's like more power to them. I mean, you said you wouldn't even wear that to a wrestling event. I'd wear it to a wrestling event, but it would sit in my closet in between wrestling events for me to drag it out and wear it. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I really thought this was good. Um, I think it's about the best. Like, I mean, Keith Lee's looked in AEW, and I mean, Swerve. I I thought. I mean, I think everybody did a nice job in this, and like, it had the fans at like a fever pitch. Um, oh, absolutely, yeah. Uh, so I fans I had definitely really enjoyed it. Definitely bought into that match. Mm-hmm. Um, next up, we had uh, the Fatal Four Way match between um, Tony Storm. Uh, Dr. Britt Baker, D.M.D., um, Jamie Hayter, and Hikiro Shida uh, for the um, interim AEW Women's World Championship, which, unfortunately, Thunder Rosa got an injury and was not able to compete, and they're doing another interim championship thing, which I don't necessarily agree <sighs> with that. I think just vacate the title and... Yeah. She can come back and get a championship match against the champion when she comes back. Yeah. I think odds are based on the result of this match that she was probably due to lose the title to Tony Storm. 
in in the match she, she was supposed to have. Yeah. But as it turns out, Tony Storm ends up winning this match. I'm going to be honest about this one. Kind of forgettable to me. I was about to say, I don't remember a whole lot about it. I don't know if it's just a thing that we're, you know, we're recording this like a week later. Right. Um, or, but I remember some of the other matches, to be fair. This, it, it didn't, I don't think it stood out to me that night. And I think like it, it was just okay. Yeah. That's the best way I can put it is forgettable. Yeah. And it went almost 15 minutes. So yeah. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, you, you, you kind of said what I was going to say about it. Um, but anyway, in any event, uh, next up we had Christian Cage versus Jungle Boy, Jack Perry. Mm -hmm. uh, I really didn't have an idea that Christian Cage was that injured to the point where he really couldn't wrestle a match. Uh, but he had yeah. his arm like in a huge uh, brace. And basically they had... Uh, Luchasaurus betray Jungle Boy again and uh, side with uh, uh, Christian Cage, and it resulted in Christian Cage winning the match. I just kind of wonder, 20 I mean, seconds. Christian injured, like, in between the time, like, because what it, the logic around, like, okay, he... Start siding with Christian, but then it's sort of like a double cross to trap Christian from Jungle Boy. So Luchasaurus is actually with Jungle Boy, and then right. come to this pay per view, and it's like, oh no, he's actually uh, gonna side with uh, Christian and choke slam uh, uh, Jungle Boy. It just that aspect of it didn't make sense. I get that they need to, you know, from a logical standpoint, they need to, you know, protect Christian. He can't do much. He's injured. That sort of thing. I understand that piece of it. But, like, this story in itself didn't make a ton of sense. And I, I was, unfortunately, I mean, I was sort of, I was looking forward to this one. I mean, it had, like, good build to it. Yeah. It had been building up to this. And, sadly, I mean, it was uh, just... It wound up being what what it was. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it it looks like they were kind of they didn't have much of a choice as far as yeah it going that direction, um, just it, because of the injury. Yeah. Um, um, we're getting into the point of the evening uh, <laughs> where I think I started to like. We have been watching this thing, and this has happened a lot with AEW pay per views where like we're watching this thing and I'm getting to a plate and that's unfortunate because Jericho's been a lot better and Danielson's Danielson. But unfortunately we're getting to the spot in the evening where it was like long. Yeah. And it was starting to feel every bit of sure. the time we were watching this. So admittedly this match don't I I don't recall. Like <laughs> I, I remember I remember it being pretty good. Um, yeah. I was a little shocked at the finish. It, yeah. it seemed to come out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. Um what well, I mean Jake Jake Hager got involved and interfered in it. Um and that, that cost Daniels in the match. Uh but um yeah, it was good and there's going to be a rematch, which we'll we'll get into that shortly. Mm -hmm. Um 
between the two. And but I, I thought it was good. I thought it was a good match. Uh, Jericho looked good. Danielson, of course, looked great. Um, yeah. Nothing surprising there. They went almost twenty-four minutes. It was it was good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember it not like thinking like, oh, this is pretty good, you know. And uh, I, you know, I mean, Jericho again, he's looked a lot better than he did last year. I mean, not even just like the weight stuff and all of that, but just like in terms of like his matches, it's it it's it, it feels like the matches are just flowing a lot better than they were. Um, you know, uh, in 2021. Right. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, I thought it was fine. It's just like when I say like I don't remember a ton about it. It's just like like even specific sort of like names. Just the fatigue. Of it. The, yeah, the fatigue right, of it. Yeah, I gotcha. Um, so, then we went on to um, our what third six man tag of the evening uh, with Darby Allen, Sting, and Miro. Uh, versus the House of Black, which is uh, Malachi Black, Brody King, and Buddy Matthews. Right. And um, kind of got the cobbled together bit of, met of a match. Yeah. With, I mean, Miro teaming with Allen and Sting, which it hasn't really been too clear about, like, where Miro has, like, kind of fallen into. Like, as far as, like, is he face or heel or what is he doing, you know, since he's been back. Mm -hmm. And um, so he ends up in this match uh, teaming with Sting and Darby Allen versus the House of Black. And it was just so-so. Yeah. Uh, not, not a whole lot there for me. I understand Malachi Black has taken some time off and is – in some way, some conditional release or something, yeah, and, uh, for mental health purposes. So, yeah. hopefully, he's gonna be okay. And, uh, but I don't, yeah, I don't know. Apparently, it's on some like he can't like come like a no compete, non compete for like six months or something, is what I heard. Oh, I thought it was longer than that. Oh, is it? Yeah, um, but, but um. Yeah, it was all right. And then we get to the main event. Yeah, where we have CM Punk uh, facing off against John Moxley for the AEW World Championship, which this was really kind of curious given that, like, what, a couple weeks prior, they had faced each other and Moxley absolutely destroyed Punk yep. in a match. And um, they have this whole build to, like, a rematch where – you know, Punk is almost talking like he's done, and then he gets convinced by A Steel to come back, and uh, A Steel grabs his contract for this match, and somebody offers up their child, their infant, as tribute to Punk, and uh, yeah. here we are. Yeah. Uh, it was good. I mean, it was a good match. I, I didn't have any issues with it, really. Um I felt like it was kind of like a foregone conclusion what was going to happen, though. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, the match was all right. Um, the kind of the how we got here aspect of it was odd. And just for everything that you just said, um, like that he's squashed, and but he's injured. But because he's going to be in Chicago, he's going to gain Superman Pepsi powers or whatever. And uh Right. And be okay to go and 
win. Mm -hmm. um, I, that part of it I just didn't get. But it was fine. Yeah, I'm not the biggest Moxley fan. I mean, just how he wrestles now. It, it just, I, it's not my thing. Uh, but, I mean, I think he avoided blading and there wasn't a whole lot of like uh, going spilling out to the outside so for a moxley match it was it was fine right um so I, yeah um yeah i thought it, i thought it was all right so we get to the conclusion of the night and the match finishes and we mentioned earlier the casino ladder match and we get the reveal of who the Joker was at mm -hmm. this point, which it turns out that it is uh, MJF. And at this point, we're like, ooh, this is going to be good. Because given the previous feud between Punk and MJF and that MJF's been gone for the entire summer, you know, you're like, oh, this is this is kind of, this is good, you know, good story here. And that's kind of how then the pay-per-view closes. Yeah. But you're 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 looking at this going, oh wow, this is great. This is sure. you know, this is gonna be fun these next, you know, few weeks or whatever, or however it builds. Yeah. And then yeah. um <laughs> you wake up the next morning after the two hours or so media scrum that occurs unless you stayed up to watch it can you what you can watch it as it's happening right now oh yeah YouTube? it's live yeah, yeah i think Jesus. it's live yeah who the hell is uh after uh, that like there is probably people that do i'm but sure certainly not myself uh -uh. and news starts coming out about this media scrum and i'm sure if you're a wrestling fan you've heard all about this thing and it is just a mess. I mean, mostly to do with CM Punk uh, not holding back on any of his thoughts about Colt Cabana, about Adam Page, about the Young Bucks, like, about Kenny Omega. Unprovoked. Like, nobody asked him. Like, there was not like there was, like, any leading question of, like, Punk, do you want to speak to, like, why Colt Cabana has not appeared on AEW? Like, nothing prompted. Like, this seemed he had this ready to go. Well, and that's the thing is, <laughs> is, like, there were... Um, and I get it, like, rumors circulating. A lot of stuff I understand that. coming out about it. But like, it's not like Dave Meltzer was, like, sitting there and saying, uh, Punk, we have a question for you. A lot of rumors are circulating about your involvement in uh, uh, Colt Cabana not, no longer appearing. And uh, what do you have to say in light of these rumors? Well, that was the thing. Is a lot of, the, like, the media that was there were asking him questions about the match and asking him questions about MJF and stuff like that. Yeah. And he kept just like totally going away from the questions that were being asked and were in, was instead bringing it back to the stuff about Cabana, which yeah. I, the, the stuff between him and Paige and then Cabana were kind of linked because yeah. Paige's comments were about Cabana. Right. Right. So I get that. And then he, I think he was kind of implying that the Bucks were maybe the ones circulating some of the things around about like some of the issues sure but uh 
God, it, you know, he complained about uh, Adam Page going into business for himself. It seems like you could have made that same claim to him that here he is on this post-show thing, rather than taking the stuff and trying to work with these guys directly and discuss these things, you know, like as like a human would, you know, like if you, if you had an issue with your employer, you would kind of probably take it private. You wouldn't go immediately public with it. Right. Right. And instead he takes all this stuff public and it creates all of the, you're just watching this going, holy shit, like this is crazy. It goes even further than that, right? So you're watching this and you're looking and you, you've you watched some of the clips. You look at the facial expressions of Tony Khan and you, he's just like, oh my God, this is going to. This is all like crumbling. In front yeah. Of me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I still haven't watched any of it, but like, you know, that, I mean, he's bringing this up and I think he said something like people commented about like, Punk saying something to the effect of I'm trying to run a business. Mm. So, you know, here's the thing. A lot of, and people are like kind of turning their, uh, turning their, uh, changing their tune is I guess the word I'm trying to say about what they think about punk. Right. Um, and people are like, Oh, maybe, uh, Maybe WWE wasn't uh, so uh, or what you know so off. So people are changing their tunes about the guy. I I think I mean with what then transpired was uh, apparently Omega and the Bucks uh, wanted to basically go confront him about this. Well, and he challenged them to come and find him in his locker room. Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, I thought they just uh, no. no. Oh, wow. So. Yeah. Then that happened. They apparently they knocked, depending whose story, they either knocked and gingerly opened the door or they knocked and uh, su- super kick partied uh, with uh, complete with uh, thigh slaps uh, the door down. Um, yeah. And a, a, a dog was involved in the melee, which Omega rescued. And then, like, but then. Uh, uh, Ace Steel went full there's, Mike Tyson and bit Kenny Omega. And, there was uh, punches thrown. There was chairs thrown. Chairs thrown. There was one a, yeah, buck there was, got knocked out. Yeah, uh, there was uh, somebody bitten. Um, I mean, it, 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 I I don't know what story to believe or what story is real in this whole thing. There's, there's a lot of people that got suspended. Mm-hmm. We qu- haven't quite heard what happened with Punk or a steel yet. There's rumors that the Punk would, is had surgery and an injury and stuff like that, not fr- necessarily from this melee, but from the um, the match itself that he had that night. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing, the thing of it is, is like. Uh, you, you, you hear about like the Bucks and Omega and Michael Nakazawa and Brandon Cutler and Omega and Christopher Daniels all got suspended. Yeah. Oh, and Pat Buck as well. Yeah. But you don't hear like one iota of what occurred with punk. 
Punk and A Steel. Like, well, A Steel, I think, got suspended. Well, um, um, I haven't heard that oh, yet. I thought he did. But have they been suspended? Are they fired? What What is the case with them? I wonder, I mean, if there's some, I mean, just looking at the, is there some, like, legal kind of stuff that's on, going well, with this? And that, and that's and, kind uh, of where I was going to head with this is, like, so the, the, the other thing that has been said about this incident is, is that when the Bucks and Omega went into that room, they also had... The, like the lawyer from AEW come in with them. Yeah. And maybe she witnessed what occurred. Right. Uh, right. So, you know, that, that, and then, you know, some of these other people that were suspended or off the road, maybe they witnessed it too. Yeah. And that could be why maybe they weren't at the event this past week. Um, yeah. I think that, I mean, there's, stuff on both sides of this. Yeah. So I think it's so definitely I, a thing. I think that there's going to be more that comes from them, um, but, or from it, but I think it's very, it's, it's pretty scary. Like this whole thing, like just going, wow. Uh, and I don't know how these guys could coexist in the future right like um, i mean how it, in the ring like would they be act like it, if if all of them stayed on and they all like in some fashion like stayed as active right. wrestlers with aew huh, like in ring i mean would you if you were standing across the ring from either when you were one or the other would you trust yeah. Um, them the you, you know, not do something to you purposely and oh, right, uh, right. And, or that kind of thing, you know. So but yeah, I, I think both sides are at fall here. You got one side of like, you know, um punk kind of, you know, I think provoking, instigating some of this and I'm you know, like not responding to any questions, but instead like and then I didn't hear the challenging part of them. And then you've got the other side of it with Omega and the Bucks. Like, they're supposed to be EVPs going into this and getting into this, like, skirmish, uh, the, you know, this physical altercation. And it's like they're not one of, like, the, you know, they're, they're supposed to be, I think, to a higher standard. So I think that there's, you know, both sides of this definitely did some things wrong. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know where, you know, where it's going to go for a while. I think I told you off pod, like uh, for yesterday or day before, or maybe no day before um, that, I, you know, I, I thought this was all kind of, but this was going to be just storyline kind of thing. And then like slowly, but surely as more of this kind of came out and I was like, at first, like, yeah, there, there's probably aspects of this that they could like, you know, the, this could develop into like a storyline and do mm. uh, punk versus Omega and that kind of thing. Like, maybe that's where they're going with it. But then, as like more developed, it, it became pretty apparent like, no, this is legit. Um, as we went through last week and more of this came, came to light. So, yeah. 
so now we're here and they got like another another tournament going. But I I, I I don't blame them for that. I'm not making fun of it. They they, they have to do what they gotta do. Yeah. So um, I mean Wednesday they I mean uh, the Tony Khan, you know, comes first things first is they come out and he does you know like an announcement that they're yep. vacating the world title and, and they're uh, vacating the trios trios titles. and yep. they removed um all the parties involved from the opening from the opening opening uh, package from any highlights that they showed from all out yeah. uh they didn't nobody said their names during the entire um events yeah. uh this past week's dynamite or rampage um so it's those guys currently don't exist in any of the stories yeah. or anything that they're portraying at this point uh, it remains to be seen what occurs, but man, it's just it. I I mean, I kind of said it to you earlier the, this past week. Is do you really want to do? You, I mean, all this trouble and the his, the history of punk. Do you, would you really still want him around after yeah. all this? I don't think you do. And I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, you can go. Oh, like look, they're doing all these buy rates, but man, you're alienating everybody else. You basically, with the media scrum, you shit on the rest of the product and yep. everybody else involved in the product. How does that make the rest of your guys feel? Yeah, yeah. Or the rest of your, I say guys, guys and girls, uh, yeah. all of your performers feel pretty shitty. Well, and there's, I mean, a lot to be said. I mean, even though we talked about it the other day about, like, these issues have to have been something that's been go. There's something else going on. Sure. In this locker room, you hear things about, Oh, talent meeting. You hear about the Guevara and Kingston uh, issues. You hear about, sure. you know, um, I think Tony Khan said some comments about Thunder Rosa. She's apparently asking for her release. You know, you hear like a lot of stuff mm -hmm. that's going on right now. Things are not, all peachy keen and rosy in AEW at this point, and maybe coming out of like you know on Wednesday that things were maybe better or whatever, and some of those parties that were kind of like involved in a lot of this removed, so there was a breather kind of from a lot of this. But there clearly there's you know that's that type of thing just doesn't happen overnight, and that this has maybe been something that's been building for a while. Um, I mean, as far as punk, I don't disagree. I mean, I think, you know, even, uh, again, it sheds some light on what, you know, people think like, oh, well, that's just, you know, WWE and blah, blah, blah. But there's maybe something to be said for how much of a, 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 a pain the guy could be. If the common denominator is one guy and he had issues in WWE, he had issues in AEW, I'm not sure if he had issues in ROH. Like, pretty soon you get to a place of where, like, if you're the person involved or you're involved in this, maybe you're the one, and it's not everybody else. You're right. Um. So I, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I do think, I mean, uh, Punk is probably going to or already has lost a lot of like fans or respective people 
kind right. of where, with where things stand. And, and the same could be said even for the Bucks and Omega too. Sure. Um, for for their response. So they're they're in a space where, you know, I mean, they still got some guys that are like, you know, um, you know, prominent and to feature and uh, you know have on TV that you you know can you know help to draw in eyes. But they they are in a spot here where, um, they're I don't know if in trouble is the right phrasing, but you've got them dealing with a lot of drama, and I mean you got WWE coming off a hot show where and AEW maybe could have capitalized a bit more on this. I don't know how much if legal, if there's other circumstances behind the scenes that they can't mention stuff and they can't go off the drama. Um, I almost feel like maybe they could, you know, they could have used it. Maybe times are changed. Things are different from like, say like when Brett left WWF and went to WCW, WWF played off of the whole Monday, uh, Montreal Screwjob, yeah. like the very next episodes of Raw, sure. like that was certainly controversial. They played into it. They leaned into it. Could they have done something more? I think that's what people were looking for on Wednesday, and they didn't quite do that. Um, I, I think they had a good show. Um, I think that. Yeah, uh, I, think they, yeah. I mean, I think the uh, the Daniel Bryan or Daniel Bryan. The Brian Danielson match. That was a really good match. It was yeah. a really good match. Uh, the trios match was actually really good. And uh, the uh, Daniel Garcia and uh, Wheeler Yuta match was pretty good, too. Yeah. I um, think they probably could have put Paige and Brian at the end of it. And, uh, yeah. I mean, they, they kind of did like some homegrown uh, home lip service there for Daniel Garcia. Yeah. Yeah. I but, get it. I get it. I yeah. get why they chose that, um, but yeah, well, uh, you, it remains to be seen. I guess what you know ends up happening uh, with with all of these guys and with Punk, especially. I feel like he may have worn out his welcome already. Um, yeah, about I, a year I, in, and I kind of get the feeling that might be the case, but I. Uh, it, I, I think maybe that they've kind of maybe not said anything about it because maybe some of the legal ramifications mm-hmm. of it. But yeah. That's just a theory. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, we'll wait and see. And um, I, I would say maybe we'll start ramping up uh, doing more episodes of this, Sean. Yeah. As we kind of yeah, get back into. Uh, get into the fall. Yeah. The age of the fall. Yeah. The age of the fall. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, what do you say? Why don't we get out of here for today, and uh, sure. we'll we'll see everybody next time. And uh, yeah, okay, good episode. Yeah. All right. The preceding podcast has been paid for by the Wrestling World Order. We'll see y'all next time.